is an ERP going to do everything for you that you need it to be able to do? Can your business afford it? And is it going to manage your workflows and manage what your business needs? You are listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to run and grow your firm. Welcome to episode 306 of Text Talks. This is Heine Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. How is Xero different to an ERP? Why and when would you change from Xero to an ERP? And how do ERPs work and what do they charge? These are just some of the questions Jerry Wombeek of Wow Connect will discuss with you in this episode. Before we get into sort of the major sort of three main differences of the ERP systems versus zero, the first thing is to understand what zero is and what add-ons are and, and how they compare to ERP systems. That's probably the, the best way to sort of understand that basis, first of all. So when you've got zero, zero itself, it's essentially a general ledger. It's an accounting system that's designed to provide you with financials, to give you a general ledger and to give you bank feeds and invoicing and, and all those other bits and pieces that we all know that zero does. Then zero, obviously, and the APIs connecting to, uh, information to zero devise the concept of add-ons. So having this other software that is designed to do what it's good at, for example, we specialize in inventory management software, you can then have an inventory management system that is designed to be really good at inventory management that connects to zero and zero is really good at the accounting. So the add-ons are designed to focus in their specific area and then attach onto zero or QuickBooks Online, the cloud-based accounting system, to create a greater solution, a more better solution that can do more things because it's got multiple functions. But Xero itself is just an accounting system. It's the add-ons that make it more powerful than just being an accounting system because of the add-ons that you can have. So you can really think of ERP systems essentially as one solution that is multiple modules. And you can think of zero as, and we call it as zero, you used to call it a zero based ecosystem, is an ecosystem of different apps together that is similar to different modules joined together within, within what you compare to an ERP system. So does that make sense? Yes. When you look at zero, it's just a very limited module and then you add on other modules, but these other modules come from other third-party developers. Whereas in ERP, you basically have many different modules again, but they are all developed by the same software development house. Yes. Yes. And when when you have the benefit of add-ons, and this gets into your main three points we were chatting about earlier, is that you've got three major differences between zero and between between your ERP system. So you've already raised with me flexibility, functionality, and cost, which is it's 100% spot on. So if we start first of all with, with flexibility, you've mentioned that obviously ERPs provide more, more flexibility than a zero-based ecosystem, so zero plus the add-ons. And in most cases, that's correct because of a, the ability to customize. 
So when we look at zero and we look at the add-ons, what you're doing is you're buying out-of-the-box solutions. You're buying software solutions that generally cannot be customized. They themselves try to be the best in breed or the best in practice of all their, their particular functions, whether you're mm. looking at an inventory management add-on or a job management add-on, or there's many, many different types of add-ons out there. But whatever that specific focus is, that app that adds on to zero or into QuickBooks Online is designed to be the best that it can be, essentially like a really advanced module inside an ERP system. But you're still using a standalone third-party product. And just even with Zero, you can't just ring, you can't just ask Zero to add a feature on for you and a developer can jump in and just make a change to a solution a screen inside Zero for you. They can't do that. It's it's everybody gets the same releases, everybody's using essentially the same database and the same features. So you're absolutely spot on in the in an ERP system, you can customize it because a lot of the time, even if it's cloud-based, your ERP system can be customized because it's your own database that can be customized. And that's that's a massive benefit over these standalone systems. You'll only get the features that they provide to you. And they also only connect in a certain way, unless you want to build custom integrations, which is something else we'll get into later. But you've got limitations between zero on a feature basis and the apps that it connects to, as well as how they actually interconnect. Often they don't interconnect in the way that we want them to, which is another thing that can make um, an ERP more powerful. With zero, you can choose which other add-ons you add to it, but these add-ons are also out-of-the-box solutions. Everything is, a, is an out-of-the-box solution. Zero is, and any add-ons to zero are also out-of-the-box solutions. And so, whereas with ERP, everything is up for grabs. You can change anything and everything if you want to. If you want to pay for it, <laughs> if you want yes, to pay for it. <laughs> so yeah, that gets into the, the second sort of point you, you mentioned earlier, which was functionality. And the best way to explain this is, is sort of leading to uh, something that I know we'll discuss more, but that's essentially the fact that you can have zero plus add-ons, which is sort of like an ERP, as I've explained it, or you have an ERP solution. Now, an ERP solution has all of these modules inside it. It has its own accounting module. It has all of the, you know, as long as depending on which ERP you're focusing on, they will generally have all of the fun major functionality that a business is going to need across all its operations. An ERP will have a CRM and it will have an accounting function and then it will have an inventory function. And then it might, depending on if it's a manufacturing tool or a job management tool, or then focus on core areas, whatever industry that ERP is designed for. But generally they're very, you know, very detailed, very advanced, and you can add different things on within those existing systems. But what you have with an ERP is that most of those modules are very well tied together in that you've actually, you can do something in one system and uh, in one module, and that'll automatically flow into the accounting module. You don't have to worry about connections. You don't have to worry about APIs. You don't have to worry about how they connect. An ERP system is designed to be an all-in-one solution that provides you everything that you need and everything is very well interconnected in, in a good ERP. When you're using Zero and when you're using the add-ons, you can often have great functionality within each solution, but they don't actually connect in the way that we want them to connect. So I've had people come to me where they love Zero, they've got Zero, they've got a CRM, they've got a help desk tool, 
they've got all these different tools. And if you look at the Zero website, it'll look like you can connect them all together because they're all on the marketplace and then people assume that you can connect them all together. So I had someone come to me that they were already using eight apps in the Zero ecosystem. They were like, oh, we just want to add on this and this and this. And then it came down to it was, I was like, well, you can't just add those apps on, although they individually do what you want them to do, they don't connect in the way that you want them to connect together. The data is not going to flow how you, you want it to flow. So actually you're better off using an ERP because in that case, your ERP will provide you an all-in-one solution where everything is interconnected versus zero and it's 11 apps is probably going to be more costly ongoing and actually harder to manage when you've got 11 apps joined together that one ERP could do the same. So that's a, that's a practical example of when we see the people outgrowing the zero ecosystem, just too many apps connected and too many incorrect ways to give you the result that you actually want. Yes. And I think that's actually a very important point. When I thought about it, I came and I came up with the three differences being flexibility, functionality and cost. There's actually a fourth point and the one you just touched on, and that is integration. With Zero, you actually don't get great integration at all. You very often have to individually log into each app And it just starts with that. When you log into Zero, you're actually not logged into all the other apps that are connected to Zero. You have to log in each time. And then even though they all say they're integrated, the integration is often very, very minimal. It, it depends, so example, depends on the solution. But yeah, yeah, it depends. Some solutions are very minimal and, and some do it what we need, but there's still always a need to maintain and review each system. Like you can have all these systems connected together and zero is sort of the end result, but then you actually often need a dashboarding system or a reporting tool over the top of all of these multiple systems to be able to create one database and one place for you to look at things. When in an ERP, that reporting and, and those tools, the consolidation is all happening inside the one app versus with zero, you've got zero plus all these apps. And then if you really want to see what's going on in all the systems without logging into all the systems, like you just mm -hmm. mentioned, then you have to be using a dashboarding tool that sucks all the data out of the individual systems and then displays it, which, which is possible, but it's good when you've got two or three systems, when you've got eight or 10 systems, which we see people trying to do these days, it becomes harder and harder um, and just not cost effective. Yes. And I can imagine all these three points you, we've discussed so far, flexibility, functionality and, and integration. I can imagine they are all intertwined. I can imagine when people decide to move to an ERP system, it's not only flexibility or only functionality or only integration. It's all three together that are no longer working and fitting the needs of the company, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, an example I've got uh, at the moment, there was a there's an inventory management solution called TradeGecko, which TradeGecko was purchased by QuickBooks in the US. And then that TradeGecko was renamed QuickBooks Commerce. QuickBooks Commerce as a tool is now no longer supporting Australian or no, no, no longer supporting customers outside of the US. So we have this, this big rush at the moment of people that need to get off TradeGecko or QuickBooks, QuickBooks Commerce that are outside, that run companies outside of the US that need to move on to new solutions. And that's actually brought out a whole bunch of customers that are making that decision. Do we want to just move to an app that is similar to TradeGecko that does inventory management and does what we need yes. just as a, as a comparable product to TradeGecko? Or do we want to actually go and create a, well, go make that leap now? Is our business at that point that we need to go 
to an ERP? Do we need to go to an ERP now because we have too many apps? Or these are still the gaps that we have inside the business that we're having to do in spreadsheets that we're having to do manually. So do we now want to move to an ERP? So we can talk about what those things generally are, but as to when you sort of outgrow zero, but that's certainly a, a problem that people come into. And then when they do that, they then are certainly looking at the functionality of zero plus the add-ons versus ERP, that's a huge part. Then they have to decide how much do they want to customize the ERP or do they not want to customize it? And then they have to look at the cost because the more you customize, the, the costlier it is. That's just because it takes longer and there's training and there's customization and development and all those things. So if you can use an ERP out of the box, if it has all the functionality that you need, and your business, your business and your workflows fit into that, then great. But the more you customize, the more it will cost. And, you know, ERPs cost a lot generally, or not a lot. There's different ERPs out there, but, you know, the, they cost usually more than than zero, but it was zero plus the add-ons. But there is a few other more affordable ERPs out there these days than just your standard big ones. So. Where does an ERP out of the box start from cost-wise? I don't know. I have the feeling that an ERP is a lot more expensive than zero. I have 10, 20,000 per year floating in my head. Where does an ERP out of the box start from? Yeah, well, there's different versions these days. So we, as a business at Wow Connect, a couple of years ago was noticing people growing out of the zero ecosystem for the reason I mentioned before, which is they're trying to put add-on too many add-ons together and it doesn't do everything that they need, or they uh, have the transaction uh, limits, they've hit transaction limits within the zero ecosystem. Zero can't handle their data anymore, essentially. That's another reason to move to an ERP. So a couple of years ago, we made the research, made the decision to research into different ERP solutions. And, and we only work with cloud-based solutions. A lot of these ERPs are, are desktop solutions as they're actual desktop solutions. They're not actually cloud-based like Xero. So a lot of the ERP solutions don't have bank feeds and don't have some of the benefits that you have of a cloud-based solution. You still need remote servers and VPNs and other logins and you know managed servers for a lot of the ERPs. I'm not an expert in all of the different ERPs out there and they, they all are developing or have developed some version of a cloud software, but I don't know the detail around all of them because I don't obviously focus on cloud software alone within the Xero ecosystem and these these other ERPs. But we decided to focus on NetSuite as a cloud-based, a fully cloud-based ERP. And Odoo is is another cloud-based ERP out of Europe that we that we use. Now in terms of costings, the castings are very different between even just those two, two uh, ERPs. For example, Odoo itself, it's something we actually implement a lot for these people that have outgrown zero. And that is the cost of zero of Odoo is really similar to the cost of zero plus an add-on. They've really got very affordable prices for an ERP and still have a lot of functionality in inside it that is that is on par with NetSuite and other solutions for most, certainly for the product selling businesses that we focus on. So there is, an ER, it, not all ERPs have to cost a lot. Um, they, they, the Odoo is, is one that has managed to provide good features, but, and not cost an arm and a leg. But the, that's because they've used a sort of cloud-based model for the, the way that the cloud apps price Odoo's taken that same price. As you add different modules on, you pay more for those modules. As you add different users on, you pay more for those users. But the price of each of those modules is, is cheaper. When you take solutions like uh, NetSuite, for example, we've had clients 
uh, be quoted on, you know, warehouse distribution and manufacturing modules and, you know, and a number of users. And, you know, you might be looking at 10 times the cost of, of Odoo in, in some cases for NetSuite. So where the, there's a platform fee where you have to pay for the actual platform and then you have to pay for the users on top of that. So it is definitely, NetSuite is, is certainly happy to help people provide you know discounts and other things to help people get started if they're only just moving into the ERP space but they um, they do certainly do cost more than than the the ongoing costs are more than your standard zero plus an add-on in most cases for for a solution like NetSuite and and I don't work in them day to day but dynamics and SAP and those solutions are significantly more costly ongoing than they are than, than the zero plus the add-ons. And that's definitely a sticking point for people. I have three questions for you. The first one is you just mentioned desktop-based ERPs. Does anybody still move to a desktop solution? I just can't imagine that anybody would move from, from zero to a desktop solution. I haven't seen many people do that where they actually, they'll, they want, they'll want to move from, they'll be on a desktop solution and they'll go and research what's available inside zero and those solutions. And then you either decide to go to another desktop solution or they'll move to a cloud-based solution. So these days there isn't the same fear around the cloud as to what they used to be. A lot of the time it's driven by any fear of the cloud and cloud-based Software is often driven by in-house IT people that want to keep their job maintaining the server of that business and maintaining, you know, the, the desktop-based solution. It's not actually from the business owners themselves. So you're 100% correct. People moving from zero back to a desktop solution is not very common, but people that are moving from a desktop solution needing to find a cloud-based solution that's often a big jump for them just because there's so many different choices out there and the cost can be so high if they don't have the right ERP or if their business doesn't suit or they don't know what options are out there, then they don't go down the path of that cloud-based ERP because it's just too cost uh, prohibitive for them. Yes. So most times when a business is already in the cloud, they tend to stay in the cloud. Yes, that's my experience, certainly. Yes, good. Now, the second question is, for example, you mentioned Odoo that was developed in Europe. Do ERPs usually have a tax software that allows you to lodge tax returns in Australia? Well, not tax returns themselves. Sometimes they'll have a connector for the business activity statements, but not for the tax returns. No, there's, usually, there's tax software that is run by accounting firms. That's not usually an ERP. An ERP is designed for helping manage the operations of either a product selling business or a service-based business, not actually lodging tax returns as an accounting firm. So the ERP systems usually don't come with something similar to zero tax, where you just transfer the data from the ERP system to the tax module and then lodge the tax return directly with the ATO through a data feed. No, and ERPs generally don't have that, no. They're still working on bank feeds, a lot of them, let alone, let alone tax lodgements. So you would still need to manage that process manually, or they may have some kind of digital report that you can download in the format that you need in order to upload it. So it's sort of a manual process of importing into the, into the tax office records in tax office system, but not a direct feed like zero tax. I see. So you would download a CVS file or something similar or an ABA file or something 
A CSV potentially. I don't know yeah. the format. There's usually a, there's. It's been a while since I've used zero tax. I, zero tax wasn't around when I had my own accounting firm. So, but from what I know about zero tax, the connections to the different portals are direct through the through there. So I don't know what the form yes. they form they take. But yeah, it, it, I doubt it would be just as simple as a CSV. It would probably be something more encrypted than that. So, but definitely what, what doesn't exist inside these standard ERPs. Okay, good. And so that now that's my next question. When we first spoke about the differences between zero and ERPs, and we spoke about flexibility, functionality, integration, and cost, and we also spoke about how an ERP system is usually one solution with multiple modules and it has an accounting module in it, etc. I then thought that my second question is completely redundant and just showed how little I know. And my second question was in the list I sent you, it was, do you connect an ERP system to zero? And I thought, of course you don't because the ERP system covers everything. But now thinking about tax, I'm thinking, actually, maybe you would connect an ERP system to zero tax because then you can use zero tax to lodge your tax returns. So is that common that you still link an ERP system to zero or QuickBooks for those text functionality? Yeah. So first thing is it is possible to connect ERPs to zero in some cases. So I'll give you an example. Most ERPs won't build a connection to zero because they themselves, because they will have their own accounting module. So therefore they won't build a connection to zero because they instead want people to buy their accounting module and use their accounting system and keep it all in one place. Okay. So that usually they don't exist, not because they can't or because people don't want them. It's just the software companies that develop the ERP have their own accounting module. So therefore they have no need to connect to zero. So for example, Odoo has its own accounting module. However, a third party, someone else has realized that there is a need that people really like Odoo, but then they really want to use, continue to use zero in some cases. So someone has built a connector between Odoo and zero so that you can actually run Odoo basically like an inventory management tool or a manufacturing tool. But then whenever you do invoices or you put supplier bills in, it mirrors those inf that information across into zero, so that zero can still be used as your accounting system if you want to keep that. Now, there's limitations to doing that in terms of not all the information flows and, and there's still some manual work that needs to be done. But it is possible and we're seeing it more and more because people love zero so much that although Odoo's functionality is similar to zero it's not as strong as what zero is is so and especially in countries where like new zealand for example where new zealand has a lot of development inside zero in relation to lodging the gst returns and those types of things then people are going to be much more reluctant to move from odoo Uh, sorry, move to Odoo accounting, for example, which isn't localized for New Zealand. You can manage tax reporting. So what I mean by that is not lodgements, but actually you can use it as an accounting system in New Zealand, but it's not going to be as functional as zero because it's not going to connect to all the New Zealand bank accounts. It's not going to connect to zero for the GST returns automatically. You're gonna, it's not going to connect to um, New Zealand payroll, things like that that certainly are limited. So sometimes people do want to be able to connect the ERP up to that, but it, it's, it's someone's built it with Odoo. I can't imagine too many people have built a connection between Dynamics or SAP and Zero. I don't know, but I doubt doubt they have because of the fact that, of course, those those people want people to use 
that accounting module. So that's sort of why there's not those connections there, not because people don't necessarily want it. But the other piece to look at is people are moving off zero because zero can't handle the transaction limits anymore. And that's, that is a major reason for people to move on to an ERP, that they can't actually handle, the, the zero can't handle the transaction limits. So zero has a soft limit of a thousand transactions per, a thousand sales invoices per month. And that they will say that if you continuously have over a thousand sales invoices per month going to zero, that that overall, along with all of the bank accounts and all the other things that have to happen because your business is that big, that it will um, not be able to handle it. Now I've seen people push 7,000, 8,000 invoices per month into the system and into zero and zero does fall over. And like if you continuously do it, it will fall over and it won't work anymore. And people can't even run reports or run basses if you if you put too much information inside zero. So it's, it can certainly go over a thousand, but if someone has a thousand or close to a thousand, then that's when we will recommend not to use zero because zero does the same. Their official official you know answer is don't come onto zero if you have over a thousand invoices. Per month and that's not e-commerce sales that's wholesale invoices that you know need to be managed like like invoices so as long as people haven't outgrown zero there is always potential to stay on zero and use the rp for other for other reasons but a lot of the time you are going to want to use the the internal accounting module of the erp as long as you're not losing bank feeds and and other wonderful things that we're all used to with zero there are four things where you really need a feed and that is best lodging your BAS, lodging your tax returns, lodging STP, single touch payroll, and then also bank feeds. But let's put bank feeds aside. But even if an ERP system offers bank feeds, if you can't lodge BAS, if you can't lodge tax, and especially if you can't lodge STPs every month whenever you run pay run, I can imagine that is a major problem for businesses because you basically need to do all that by hand. Or is it that they then get a separate software where they just run the payroll through? So, for example, and this is just something that's just common to us a lot at the moment. So if someone's moving from zero to Odoo, for example, in our in our business now, or if they're even moving from, from zero to NetSuite, they will often, uh, and if their payroll is not complicated, they'll often keep their payroll inside zero. They won't move it onto NetSuite's payroll add-on. So NetSuite has a, an add-on for payroll, so another third party that you can buy. Uh, it doesn't have inbuilt, NetSuite's an American solution, it doesn't have an inbuilt Australian payroll. So usually with NetSuite, we recommend KeyPay, is a pay Australian payroll solution. Um, and same thing with Odoo. We we personally implement KeyPay for NetSuite and Odoo users if they don't want to stay on zero payroll. So either they stay on zero payroll or they go to KeyPay because NetSuite has an add-on for payroll and Odoo doesn't, Odoo's add-on for payroll is KeyPay. Now there's other payroll solutions out there for sure that are cloud-based, but either they stay with zero payroll or they would move across to something like KeyPay, which is still reasonably cost comparable. So first point you mentioned was payroll. You can get around that with an add-on and both Odoo and NetSuite link with KeyPay. So as soon as you pay someone, it'll actually push the journal automatically into NetSuite and Odoo. So you don't have to go and manually put it in, KeyPay will put it in there for you. So, so that you do have a connection there and you don't have any extra manual work as such. The um, BAS lodgements, do, I know Odoo definitely doesn't have a connector for Australia yet for the BAS lodgements, but they do have one in England. So that may be coming. It may be something that's still possible. And NetSuite, I haven't heard that they actually have that. I know they have a BAS report, but I don't know if they have the lodgement. They potentially have an add-on 
to lodge through like a like a, a connection to a separate software I'd, I'd have to research myself and find out if they do but having a bass lodgement is certainly if it's not already there it, it, it won't be too far away because of the australian focus of both of those companies and i'm sorry to only talk about those but they're the only ones that i know in detail you'd have to find out about the other the other erps but the third point you mentioned was tax returns now the tax returns are never usually lodged by the business themselves it's usually lodged through the accounting software so the, the accountants software and so they have to prepare the information and then lodge the tax return through there so that i don't see as a limitation because usually that's the accountant just exports the information out of out of the ERP and then puts it in their own accounting software, zero tax, and then lodges from there. So it's not a decision for the business owner to worry about, um, only for accountants who might be reviewing it. For example, an accountant might be using even NetSuite as their own internal ERP for managing their own clients and billing, et cetera, but they'll often then have a tax software on the side of that that they do their lodgements inside, whether it's ADP or others I, I don't know the name of them these days but there's that's usually a separate piece not something relevant to the business and their choice of an ERP. When you outgrow zero because you just have too many add-ons that don't talk to each other and you change to an ERP yes at face value it looks like a one solution but you you most likely will still need add-ons because every company that is the size of needing an ERP will need to lodge best And every company that is the size of needing an ERP will have payroll and hence SDP. So that means when you change to an ERP system, you still have add-ons, but you most likely have less add-ons than if you stayed on zero. Yes. Yeah. Depending on what your business does. I think another common one, just to add to that, is, is your e-commerce site. So a lot of people would have, if they're selling products, they would have a Shopify website and they need to, or, or WooCommerce or whatever, but they'll need to connect their online store through to the ERP. And that's actually one of the most expensive parts There's still not too many connections for Shopify that are really cheap. What I mean by that is if I connect up Deer to Shopify today, it doesn't cost me any extra inside Deer. And if I connect up Locate Inventory to or Sin7 to Shopify and start getting my Shopify feeds into my inventory management system, into the warehouse module, it doesn't cost me any extra. It's included inside the system. But if I'm to connect up NetSuite to Shopify, I've seen, you know, quotes from $3,000 to $10,000 to make that initial connection happen. Um, with Odoo, we have to we have to purchase an app of, of US $400, maybe it's $200, but it's, it's definitely over US $200 to have that initial connection between Shopify and Odoo as the ERP. So there's the actual connections themselves. Uh, there's you know, coming from a world of zero plus apps and they all just connect together and they all play nicely and you just pay for the app and you don't have to pay for the connections. Often in the ERP world, you've got to be aware of when you're making the decision, moving to the ERP, what's my implementation costs, what's my ongoing costs, but also what's my connection costs? How much does it cost to start and set up these actual initial connections between e-commerce providers, between VAS, between payroll, between so the, the warehouse, the three PLs, if you've got a warehouse or another tool that's managing your job management, something like that, there is, there's going to be connections there. And often those connections don't come cheap either. Yes, because those connections are provided by third-party software solutions. And those, of course, they also need to yep. eat. Yeah, but they also, I, I find when it comes to ERPs, in some cases, depending on which ERP you're using, depending on how much the ERP costs, the actual third-party providers seem to charge more 
because the, you're in that industry. Does that make sense? Like they sort yes. of go because yes. you can afford NetSuite, then therefore you can afford $4,000 for a connection versus if you were on Zero or on some of these other more cost-effective solutions, they assume you're a smaller business. So therefore they probably charge you a hundred <laughs> for the same connection. I'm not, they often don't play in the same in the same space, but unfortunately I see still so many costs overinflated by the third-party providers that, that are just working within those industries we personally when we do our integrations try to do it based on how long it actually takes not just how much we think you can <laughs> that we think you can um, afford based on what softwares you're connecting because it's it's a common problem when it comes to these bigger ERPs. So the most important thing that you have to consider when you're making the decision to whether you're going to use an ERP or you're going to use Zero in the Zero ecosystem is we've highlighted a few key points. Is, is an ERP going to do everything for you that you need it to be able to do? And can you can your business afford it? And is it going to manage your workflows and manage what your business needs? If it is, then it certainly is certainly worth considering if they, those, all those different boxes um, can be ticked for your business. However, if you're at a business where a time in your business where you need a huge amount of automation, when you actually um, it's cost more cost effective for you to use some of these smaller, small business, small medium business apps like Zero and the add-ons, then if that works for you and your business is not hindered by doing that, then and and there's not you know often people say to me, should I actually put zero in the add-ons in now and add more add-ons or should I go and put in an ERP because we don't want to change or do this all again in three years or we don't want heaps of staff using lots of different systems to be able to do it. So there's many different things to consider. But if you're in that small to medium business phase and the zero and the apps are working for you and zero can continue to handle the level of transactions that you're pumping into it and you're not having any major downfalls with having multiple systems, then you stick with zero. If not, it might be worth looking at an ERP if you're finding that your, your business is hindered by the zero plus the apps connected together, plus uh, obviously you know, it's costing you more to do things manually than it is to look towards going into an ERP. So it's a big decision to make for anybody. I, I get that. I do help people deal with it every day. So I hope that helps uh, anyone listening. Welcome back. So the difference between Zero and ERPs are flexibility, functionality, integration and cost. An ERP gives you a lot more flexibility, functionality and integration, but it also costs a lot more. In the next episode, episode 307, Jerry Wombeek will answer three listener questions about ERPs. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Klaus for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.